Fathers, we prepare our hearts to hear from you today. We ask that by your spirit that uh, you would uh, take the word of God and help it come alive. Take the word of God and help it become a part of our hearts and our lives. We need to change our thinking. And as we take a look today, we don't want to just keep digging a deeper hole. We, we want to dig out. And so we ask that you take the scriptures and take the truth of them, put them in our hearts and in our minds, and change us. If we've dug a hole, if we have that bitterness, that resentment, that anger, whatever it might be, will you help us today to be set free? Because we know that the word of God is powerful, powerful than a double-edged sword. It's powerful. And so we'll pick up the word today and we'll use it as our sword in our spiritual battle And with your help, we will become victorious. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everybody. I got one announcement for you real quick. Um, Next week, we're having baptisms. And today is the last day that uh, you need to turn in your uh, brochure filled out. It looks like this. Um, If you could do that and give it to one of the ushers before you leave, or you give it to myself or something, we would greatly appreciate that. We're looking forward to having some baptisms. There's a baptism right over here, and we have people from both churches coming. So we'll end our service next week and take about a 15-minute break, and uh, we'll get ready for some baptisms. Would you stick around, and would you cheer on those who are going to be being baptized? So if you'll fill that out, that would be great. And also, there's a prayer request card right in front of you there that Logan wants to make sure that you fill out. Fill that out. You have not because you ask not, right? So let's uh, see what the Lord will do. And would you do us a favor on that? Will you make sure that um, you, if you have an answer to prayer, would you fill that out and give that to us also? Uh, that really helps encourage the prayer team. So thank you so very much. All right, every once in a while, somebody will look at me and says, Evan, uh, have you been losing weight? And my typical answer is, oh, I've lost thousands of pounds in my life. I've lost thousands of pounds and gained thousands of pounds. Oh, yeah, always watching what you eat, always on a diet. I got four quick graphics my sis will put up real quick. Isn't it interesting how they want to help you? You know, you can lose weight and eat anything you want, right? That's what they're saying. Give me the next one real quick here. You can lose weight and eat what you love to eat. Oh, well, that. that. That's not worked for me so far. Here's the third one. Eat what you want and whatever it is and whatever you want and just, you know, just eat. And then you end up looking like, you know, just eating whatever you want. Now, those are not overweight people. They used to weigh 600 pounds. They've lost a lot of weight eating hamburgers and fries and milkshakes. People that, if you notice any kind of diet programs that are out there, uh, they kind of tell you, you know, You can lose your weight fast. You can lose your weight while you sleep. You've heard it. You can lose it without exercising, without counting calories. You can Zumba your way to losing weight. And you can do the Jared diet and eat only Subway and lose all kinds of weight. You can go to Weight Watchers, Slim Fast, Opti Fast. Remember the AIDS candy? You can eat this AIDS candy, A-Y-D-E-S. Or you can do the Hydroxy Cut which is basically cut off a limb and you'll lose some weight. (laughs) In the top of your notes, I have this phrase, starting and stopping. Pull out your notes that you have in your program there. 
Pull out your smartphone, go to the Bible app and follow along there. Starting and stopping, you know, this is the starting something good. It really doesn't do much if you don't stop doing something that was bad or wrong. And I, I use that word lightly, right? I mean, everybody wants the fast, easy way, right? We want a fast, easy way to make money. And therefore, they will take your money with the latest program. We want a fast way so that we can retire early. And, and you know, there is... One program that is out there that doesn't fool around. They tell you if you're going to start this program, they will tell you many, many things you need to stop. Anybody here ever take the Dave Ramsey financial class, financial piece? Oh, yeah. They're telling you what to stop spending your money on. They're going to tell you, listen, everybody may be mad and upset at you, but get used to it. Get yourself out of debt and live like nobody ever lives when they get out of debt. I mean, the results, you know, if people try to live fast and they try to do it fast, and they're trying to dig themselves out of a hole, and sometimes you just dig a little bit deeper. And honestly, it can be the same way with my spiritual life. It can be the same way with your spiritual life. It can be the same way with some of the different things that I want to talk to you about today. We want the fast and easy way to spiritual growth, and sometimes all we do is get frustrated. We get disappointed. We think, this Christianity doesn't work. We're trying to dig out of resentment and bitterness and anger and fighting and, and cynicism. And no matter what happens, we don't seem to have the ability to dig out of some of that. I'd like to talk to you today about four shovels that you ought to get out of your house. You ought to get out of your shed. You ought to get out of your, your spirit, your heart, your life. And the first one in Ephesians 4, 29 through 32, in number one, would you fill it in with me? It's the excuse comments right? It's the excuse comments. The passage of Scripture says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, and we'll see that in a minute. But isn't it true sometimes, and we just kind of fall into this sometimes, we just say, you know, well, that's just who I am. If you don't want to hear it like it is, then don't talk to me. It's just like, I'm resolved to this, you know? One of the things I want to make sure that as I get older, I don't use the excuse, well, this is the way I am. I'm too old to change for anybody. I'm too old. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Is that really what we want to come across as? My goal, and I'm hoping to work, is to become more like Christ, to be more cautious with my mouth, because my mouth, this whole message is for me. Matter of fact, this is the type of message I, put, I should put these passages, four verses on the mirror every morning for me to look at. Look at verse 29. Evan, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Three words I want you to take a look at as we look at them, the word any, A-N-Y, the word only, O-N-L-Y, and the word may, M-A-Y. The shovel excuses for the way that we talk to people instead of rising to the Christian level that is taught right here in these four verses. We dig a deeper hole and wonder why our words are ignored, we have problems with people, nobody listens to us, they stay away from us. We just keep digging a hole deeper, you know. Look at the phraseology there. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Now, eventually, you might first look at that and think unwholesome means like dirty or impure. No, no, no. The word, the root word is whole. Don't let anything come out of your mouth that is not trying to help somebody become whole. And, you know, you and I have heard it, you know, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, you know. And we kind of tend to justify our talk, our comments, and say what we say instead of, like I said, rising to it. We say, well, it's the truth, and so they need to hear the truth. Somebody needs to tell them. 
Somebody really needs to tell them what it is and like it is. And our approach isn't anything but wholesome. It's cutting. It's not wholesome. It's not building up. It's, it's, we use unwholesome words, and we just keep digging the hole deeper instead of digging out. Look at the word only. Well, if you're not using any unwholesome talk, only what is helpful for building others up according to their need. Now, folks, it doesn't say that they don't have a need. It doesn't say that they don't have something that might need to be corrected in their life. It says that very specifically. But there's a pattern and there's a way to go about it. It doesn't say they don't have a need. It asks myself the question, well, how is my conversation helping you? Is it helpful? Is it taking somebody and making them more whole, which would be more like Christ, right? Paul had to be taking a look at this and correcting something in Ephesus of how that they were approaching because the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. The second greatest commandment is treat other people like you would want to be treated. And so it makes total sense that this passage says only what is helpful to build other people up according to their need. And whatever their need is, have you had the ability to help them in their need? Right? Look at the word may. That it may benefit those who listen. Isn't it interesting to live without excuse comments really and truly is to live by faith? Because there's so much of us that really wants to just say this is who I am and not change and go along with what the Word of God says. We get stuck in a hole, in a ditch, in a rut. And we kind of say it's just kind of who I am. This passage of Scripture says we're supposed to be building each other up. And I think that you know the difference between punishment and discipline. Whether you're at work or whether you're raising a child or whatever it is, you know, when your child lies and you punish them, they get a swat or they sit in a corner, whatever it is, you punish them. And that's all you've done. You haven't disciplined them because discipline puts together the reason why lying is bad along with the punishment the little swat, or the sitting in the corner. You know, son, you don't want to be lying to your mom. It's not just that you lied to her. The Lord hears and sees everything. And then you maybe take him and you say, do you know that the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies? You don't want to be anywhere close and around. See, you teach, and you disciple, and you learn. And that's what the passage of Scripture is saying. Don't let unwholesome taking apart somebody by words come out of your mouth. You want to build them up. You want them to be helpful that it may benefit those who listen. And, of course, originally, those who listen is the person we may be talking to. And the truth is, is all of us need to be open to somebody saying to us and speaking to us about our words and what we say and how we come across. But the person, if I offend them, they're not going to listen to a thing that I say. I mean, they're not going to be changed. They, they want to listen. They, they want to hear. They want to be, be benefited. You know, the funny part about this is there is an approach that I say seasoned Christians have learned. There is an approach that seasoned Christians have learned. When they correct you and when they help you with something, you almost don't even see it as being corrected. They did it in such a way that was wholesome and good, and you say, wow. And so they listened and maybe somebody else was there listening, but you know whatever you say to somebody, they're going to go tell somebody else, so somebody else is listening, may they not be there. Whatever it is that we do, we have to make sure that we don't have these excuse comments. we got to get that shovel out. 
Take the shovel of excuse comments and throw it out. And this passage of scripture, it's going to build. It's going to say, Evan, live by faith. Not exactly how you feel, not exactly how everybody else is doing it. Number two. Number two is numb comments. Not dumb comments, though that might work. Numb comments, you know. How do you know if you've become numb to saying things that hurt people? How do you know? Are people afraid to tell you? Do you have anybody in your life that says, you know, if it happens to head in that direction, just let me know? A couple weeks ago, sometimes somebody comes to me and says, did you hear what that person said to that, that person? It's like, hmm, yeah. And then, and then they want me to go and correct them. I'm like, listen, the Word of God says you go. I'm, I'm afraid of them. You go talk to them. <laughs> Numb comments. Look at verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Folks, every time I open my mouth, if I'm digging a deeper hole, I need to listen to the two words that say, Evan, do not. Do not, do not, do not. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The word grieve carries with it two connotations, a numbing effect, where it's just like, meh, I'm numb to it. And it comes from the word to be offended. Do not offend, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And if I've offended the Holy Spirit, I've become numb to the Holy Spirit if it's an ongoing thing. You know, why do you think it is a lot of family members don't get along? Don't point at anybody today. Why do a lot of family members not get along? They've done something numbing, grieving, or offensive. And after a period of time, a dozen times, 24, a couple, after a little bit of time, they say, I don't need any of this. And they become numb. And they be, they're, they're grieved. And they don't want to have anything to do. And the, t- and the family members who used to love each other just basically become numb to each other. Numbing comments that hurt and tear down. It's this sadness. We become numb to how our words have hurt people and have caused a numbness in our spirit and an insensitivity. Could I ask you a question? Was there a time, and I hope that you're still living in this time, when if you said something wrong or offensive, the Holy Spirit just kind of said, hmm, watch that, little nudge, little thump upside the head. Was there a time when you sensed that the Holy Spirit said that that was wrong to say, apologize, whatever? The question now is, have you not heard that for a long time? Have I grieved the Spirit of God for such a long period of time? I don't even hear His voice. The passage of Scripture wouldn't be warning itself if it wasn't a possibility. You know, have I become insensitive to the Holy Spirit of God so much so I never hear Him convicting me? We come across with, what, the excuse comments that we say, not wholesome talk, we're not benefiting anybody, and we wonder why the Spirit of God speaks nothing to our hearts. We don't hear Him. We don't enjoy that joy of saying, yes, Spirit of God, you're right, let me go. I hope you have somebody to help you with that. I like the word sealed here. The word sealed here can mean two, re- two things. It can mean to seal, like to seal a bag, or it can mean a seal like a, uh, a, a sticker or, or like something that's sh- like an insignia. You know, it's like, you know, the insignia that says, here's this seal on you. The seal is the Spirit of God. It shows your gods. That's the meaning of this word seal here, to be sealed. Now, it's to be sealed for our redemption. Is it possible that seal can be removed? I say yes. 
I say that's why it's out there. I say that's why the passage of Scripture says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He's put his seal on you. It's for the day of redemption. You don't want to miss it. And then I wonder if I'm not hearing, if I'm not censoring the Spirit of God, have I missed it? You know, you get the whole picture of it. You know, a young man falls in love with a girl. He puts a ring on her finger. He puts a ring on her finger, and it's this mark. It's this insignia. Everybody else, stay away. Is the insignia, the seal of the Spirit of God in you, on you, around you? Is he speaking to you? You know, numb comments just dig a deeper hole. And they numb me to the Spirit of God. Number one, excuse comments, get that shovel out. The second shovel is numb comments. We're just numb to anybody telling us anything we've done or said wrong. And the third one is damaging emotions. This one verse has six, as I see it, damaging emotions. You know, And oftentimes we allow people or situations to rent space in our head. We'll allow somebody to rent space in my emotions, in my heart. And it's free. We're not even charging them. Sometimes they don't even know it. You ever have this problem? I have, you know, it's just somebody does something and you just kind of hardly sleep on it. You know you need to let it go. You know the Lord take care of it, but you're struggling to sleep and it's bugging you. You know, there's people, they go through this for years. They go through this for years and years. They, they carry with it that bitterness. They carry with them that, that rage, that anger. Look at verse 31, get rid of. Get rid of. We all get that. You ever watch the television shows, The Hoarders? And somebody says, why don't you just get rid of some of that stuff? Those are the same three words. They're talking about emotions in me, damaging emotions that says, why don't you get rid of that? Let's take a look at them in several sections together. The first three, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Unwholesome talk comes out of my mouth because of what I've put inside. We've been dealing with how to treat other people. This passage of Scripture now turns to me, and it turns inside me and says, what about bitterness? What about rage? What about anger? Is that the reason the unwholesome talk is coming out of my mouth? Unwholesome talk comes from the hole that we've dug ourselves in with bitterness, with rage, and with anger. These emotions, these feelings are doing damage to our spiritual life, let alone our physical life. It won't take much for you to know and understand how these literally hurt us. And we're digging a deeper hole, and it keeps me from living right, living God's way, living without these damaging emotions. It's damaging me, and it's damaging you. It's Christians not knowing how to help each other. And this passage of Scripture is helping us. You see, people love a good verbal fight. Look at the next two words, brawling and slander. People love a good verbal fight. You know, if somebody says something, you get involved in it. You know, you're around all the guys at work. You're around all, whatever it might be outside of church, you know, and they start saying something. They start slandering somebody, putting somebody down. And you're standing there, and the Spirit of God, if he's... He isn't grieved, and I just say, don't go there with these people. And, but it's just the way you've always done it, and it's just what happens. And so you get sucked in, but when the Holy Spirit nudges you, if you decide to say, not going there, you might have to stand there and be silent. You'll look really weird. Everybody else is talking, and you just say, you're a pansy. You're not, you're not saying anything. You're weird anyway, so why not be weird for Jesus? 
Dig out, not deeper. Get rid of the damaging emotions and then look at every form of malice. Every form of malice. Malice is wishing somebody ill will. It's desire uh, to injure. It's that getting rid of it, you know, just, it's almost like, man, I hope LeBron James breaks his leg. You know? It's that thought. It's that process where we just kind of like, we wish somebody ill will. Not trusting that Jesus Christ will take care of it. Not trusting that Jesus Christ will take care of it. Now, folks, I've given you a lot of the things we need. How are you going to take care of these six? Let me give you two Ps that you should always use to help. Every Christian, number one is prayer, the other is passage. Prayer and a passage of Scripture. What of what I've talked about today, what from the Word of God is your number one issue? If it's bitterness, you need to have prayer about it, but don't pray for it without a passage of Scripture. If yours is bitterness, you might find Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verse 15, and, the, and you might put this passage of Scripture everywhere. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Because bitterness can take root. It takes root, and you don't hardly know it. And then it starts growing, and you can just push it aside. But everybody around sees how bitter you are. So therefore, folks, when I became a Christian and early on into being a pastor, I struggled with anger and rage. Anger and rage. For six to eight months, I had a passage of Scripture that I prayed over until even my family saw that I was set free from it. It's the passage of Scripture that says, what comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart. It isn't so much. It was, it's, that, it's that ugliness. It's that defilement. It's inside of me. Because the Scripture says, what comes out of your mouth is what's, come, what's in your heart. So there are two Ps to helping you be set free, and you ought to use it in every area that you're tempted and you're sinning, whatever it might be, a passage of Scripture in prayer. The more you take it, the more you sit on it, the more you dwell on it, the more that you meditate, it just opens up and gives you a power that you didn't have before. You see, damaged emotions have to be dug out and gotten rid of. Number four, then. Here's the fourth shovel. This is conflicting emotions conflicting emotions. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ Jesus forgave you. You know, being kind is so easy when you're kind to me. It's so easy to be kind to people that are kind. And you know, a lot of times Christians tend to think, well, this only applies to those who are kind to me or all to Christians. Stop it. Do you remember Jesus' teaching? Jesus said, listen, you know, if you love only those who love you back, what credit is that to you? What difference is there in life? Where's the Spirit of God and the love of Christ in your heart? And then he went on to say something that was just, I mean, he, he just went to the bottom of the barrel. He said, even sinners do that. Are you comparing me to a sinner? And what did he say? He said, your heavenly Father lets it rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Folks, please, read any great Christian that's been effective, they've been kind to people that have been unkind to them. The word compassion here, being compassionate means I look at myself, I look at my failures, 
so that I, I'm not too hard on other people. Be kind to them. Be is this not a walk of faith? <laughs> Lots of times, this is a walk of faith because it, it don't feel right. I remember who I am. I remember that I've needed help. I remember my failures and the things that I have done. So I have a compassionate heart. My area might not be yours, but we get compassionate as we try to help others. Forgiving each other, and the word forgiving is a present participle, I-N-G, ongoingly. Who are you trying to forgive for the seventh time? Don't you just hate Peter? Ask the question. If he would not ask the question, we'd be okay. Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Seven times? Because that's a number of completeness. Oh, no. Seven times 70. Y'all right today? The thing of it is, is if you don't keep forgiving, why would you ever need to continue to ever expect to be forgiven back? And Jesus is the one who teaches you and me. If you don't forgive others, your Heavenly Father won't forgive you. And there's a great parable, I believe Matthew 18, that tells us this true story. This is what's going on. He's teaching us a lesson. And when it comes right down to it, the reason we are kind and compassion is because of what Christ did for us. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes it says, just as Christ God forgave you. You see, kindness and compassion and forgiveness, they help us dig out of the ditch. They help us get out of the hole. When my emotions uh, conflict with kindness and compassion, I'm digging a hole deeper and deeper in my spiritual life. And I'm saying to you, I believe it puts us in spiritual danger. Now, I have in your note ruts there, and probably every one of you have been stuck in a rut in a four-wheeler, a car, whatever it might have been. There's a right way to get out of a rut, and there's a really wrong way to get out of a rut. You know, uh, snow is coming soon, everybody. And pretty soon you're going to be driving down Route 90, and there's going to be six to eight inches of this wet, heavy snow. And you're going to be in the right lane, and you're going to have see where all the traffic is, all the slow traffic, and you're going to put your tires right in those ruts. And the wrong way to get out of it is accelerate and turn the wheel fast. You'll be calling AAA. You're going to spin out. You're going to possibly end up in a ditch. That's, what's, that's the wrong way. The right way is to say, oh, there's not a lot of traffic over here. I'd like to be where nobody is. Beside that, these people are driving too slow. I'd really like to go around. So the proper way to get out of that rut that your tires and wheelers is, is just maintain your speed. Don't give any more. Don't take any off. And then just very slightly, you get out of the, the ruts that you're in and into the deep, heavy snow. And you fight it a little bit, and you take it easy, and you take it gently until you get in the lane where nobody is, and then you punch it and spin out and get in a ditch. <laughs> I guarantee you this. There's a lane that nobody's in, not a whole lot of people, and it's where the passage of Scripture today is trying to take us. He's trying to say, get out. That's why the asterisk in your notes here is, will you keep digging a deeper hole, or will you start digging out? Will we just function with the excuses that we have, or will we dig out? The right way is you got to be deliberate. Whatever the Spirit of God has laid on your heart today, pick one emotion, whatever it is, they're damaging you, and they're holding you back, and it's, you're, just, you're just digging deeper. It's like nobody can speak into your life most especially the Spirit, but I hope he has today. Use God's Word. Identify, get a passage of Scripture, and pray your way out of 
the ditch and the rut that you're in. So in your notes, start shoveling. What, what, is it, what is it for you today? What is it that the Spirit of God has just touched your heart about today? What is it today that you need to start shoveling your way out of? You need to get out of bitterness and into kindness. You need to get out of anger and get into compassion. You need to get out of things that have numbed your heart toward the Holy Spirit and get into forgiveness and forgiving each other so that once again the refreshing presence of the Spirit can be with us. I close by telling you a true story about a guy that uh, came to know Jesus Christ. Uh, he, he was an Amish boy. He was a stable boy. Some of you might know Bill Mullet. Bill Mullet uh, was working in a stable, and in the stable he was working in was, uh, you guys all know him, Weiss's Noodles? Her, her granddaughter was there, and she liked him, and he liked her. She was rich, and he was Amish. Eventually, they both left where they were at, started attending Willoughby Hills French Church, gave their life to Jesus Christ. He's a pastor today. But one of the things he knew is, is you know, you have to get the manure out. Horses, they're not always the smart. You've got to get the manure out. You've got to get fresh hay in, and you've got to get the manure out because the manure can have infested bugs. The manure can be at that, that place where it brings disease in. It can spread on over to the hay, and the horses could pick it up and eat it. It, it gets contaminated. He knew enough to say, I've got to get the manure out so that none of that happens. And so my question to you today is, do you know that? Do you know the damaging emotions? They're just manure. They have possibly contaminated you, bug-infested you, diseased you, and it's not taking you where you need to go. If you feel and you sense, you know, following Jesus Christ, he can do anything but rid me of resentment. He can do anything but get rid of this bitterness, this cynicism, this anger, this rage. And that makes, I guess, the word of God not accurate. So I ask you today, you got a couple lines there, one thing. What is the one thing that the Spirit of God needs you to deal with, to get rid of, to get out? Because once you see him do that, you will then attack the next thing that he shows you. And there's always something. Don't say amen to that, Tom. Could you bow your heads with me? Could you listen just for a second to the Holy Spirit? Could you allow the Holy Spirit to just renew in you his voice? Will you make a promise to the Spirit of God, to what he's laid on your heart today? You'll find a passage of Scripture. You'll put it somewhere that reminds you daily, and you'll pray about it. Jesus, I'm thinking about a passage of Scripture somebody put on their mirror in their bathroom. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxieties or your worries on Jesus Christ before because he, he cares for you. And I know several people, and having known and heard the testimony of somebody, have done the same thing. Lord, your word is powerful. Your truth is here. You do not want us to keep digging a hole. 
where we're so far in, we can never hear or sense the Spirit of God. Would you just ignite it and renew it? And we promise you that when you speak to us, that we will listen, that we will do what you've asked us to do. Therefore, we can let no unwholesome talk be coming out of our mouths. But it will be helpful to people. It'll build people up where their need might be. And when people speak to us, we become better followers of Christ. And when we speak to others, it's almost like they think, man, this person just loves me. They're not really trying to correct me. They're trying to make me whole. Pour out the love of the Lord Jesus Christ afresh and new in our hearts. But more importantly, if we have grieved your spirit, we repent and we give you a new fresh rain in our heart. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.